Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from willful warriors to wayward wyverns. And today, we're building a town. That's right. Your own town. (laughs) Yeah. Prepare yourselves. I cast Fireball. The Dungeon Cast. Okay, so... uh, We're not building a town, are we? Well, no, we're not actually building a town, no. Nor are we building an imaginary town. But we're going to talk about how to imaginarily build a town. Build a town in your brain. Yes, it's exactly. not as hard as you think. Exactly, it's not as easy um, as you probably think. Either. No, it's definitely well. It is somewhere in the, in the middle. You get, you get better at it. Yeah, um, and also it kind of just depends on like how detailed you want to get. But before we, build, how deep is your town? Exactly. <laughs> uh, before we before we delve into any town building, though, I want to do a few shout outs to some people who have been tweeting out about the show. Um, I want to say thank you to TC Tunstall to Foxual PS2. To Zeta Dolce and to DM Grenlar. You guys are great. You guys have been tweeting out about the show, and you guys have entered our contest where we are giving away two books, two of the newest D&D book, uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal. Uh, This contest is going on until the 30th of March. So all you got to do to enter is tweet out about our show, tweet a link to our show with the hashtag DungeonCast, and you're entered. You will uh, likely get a shout-out like these fine people here. Yeah, uh, tweet in at us. Uh, get your name on the show. We, and, uh, we like these colorful names. Indeed. And, of course, you will get the chance to win one of the two books we are giving away. But enough of that. Let's talk about towns. Let's talk <clears> about <throat> towns. How deep is your town? Um, my towns are not that deep, actually. I, I, I'm, pretty, like, I'm pretty good at like, putting up the scaffolding of my towns and then letting you guys explore it and 
kind of putting Figure down those tracks yeah. out as we go. That's but interesting. Some I, I think I get I get a little bit more detailed when it comes to my cities, which we'll actually do a city episode because although there are a lot of similarities when you're building a whole metropolitan city to to a town, yeah, there's a lot of other things you got to consider, and it's so a whole different. different endeavor. It's a different mindset when you're building a city versus a town. <laughs> I I think so personally. Okay. Um, so um, towns are typically smaller. Yeah, 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 towns are smaller, um, and you, you just have to consider different things. There are some things that a city doesn't have to adhere to that a town might, and vice versa. So some of the things that you got to think about when you're getting ready to make a town, um, especially, say, if this is like your starting town where you're, you're starting your adventure, your adventures are going to start here, so it's not like they had to make their way here. You, the adventure starts here, so you have to have it fleshed out from the get-go. Right, right. Um, the first thing to consider is the general terrain of the area. Like, is this... Where's your town located? Yeah, on a mountainside. Like geographically. Geographically, exactly. Is it on a mountainside? Is it in a forest? Or is it just like on the road? Right, in right. In these plains, you know? Is it a harbor town? Uh, all that stuff. Like, Because yep. the environment is going to play a huge factor in the kinds of people that live here, in uh, the types of things that they have available, the types of trade that are going to come to them. And after you decide that, um, I would say the next most important thing is what's the population of this town? Like, Not just like the number of people, like the size of the town, although that is important and part of the population Oh, you're process. talking about like what kind of races of who, people yeah, live there? Who lives here? Is it mostly human? Is it all human? Is it all elf? Is, is it, it half gnome, half yeah, dwarf? Yeah, you've got a mining town. You probably got some dwarves up in the mix. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Humans mine, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Do um, gnomes mine? Yeah, gnomes do mine. Oh, interesting. Yeah, who else? Mines. I guess everybody can mine. Yeah, even elves mine. You know, they're, bugbears they're mine? Weaponsmith. Bugbears no, bother bugbear, mining? Bugbears don't usually yeah, okay. mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, because uh, the, the population is going to make a big difference in, like, the types of things that might be going on in this town, even though everyone mines. Like, if it is a dwarven town, it's going to be way heavier on the side of, like, smithing and mining and all that other kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, like, the actual building, too. Yeah, exactly. It's going to change the architecture based off who lives here and all that stuff. Dwarves are busy. Dwarves are busy. They're, they're very they're very <laughs> handsy. Um, after that, uh, after you've decided the population, you're going to see, like, all these things start to kind of feed into each other. Um, after you decide the population, you got to decide what is this town, how does this town sustain itself economically speaking? Right. Because That's important. towns don't just exist in a vacuum. You <laughs> yeah, know? They have they? to have money flowing in and flowing out. What is this town's trade? What are they, what are they exporting? Yes. And then what are what are they buying? What are they importing? Like why are what are uh, traders and merchants and what bringing to this town and what are they taking away? Right. Um, Determine the commerce. And, and yeah, like, it could be it could be anything. Like it could be a farm town based on agriculture. It could be yeah. uh, like I've I've always thought it was kind of cool. And the the Shire is kind of known for this. And uh, there are other fantasy um, books that I've read where like small. Uh, corner of the world kind of like towns are known for like their great uh, tobacco growing like they, oh, they yeah. grow great tobacco cool. yeah um, I always thought that was kind of charming and you know it, again mining it could be exporting steel or iron I should say or exporting any <laughs> other kind of metal have you ever heard um, of the coffee bean that had like a like a wild cat has to eat it in the jungle and then they like people go out and like harvest the droppings what and then what? they they strain it and that's okay. like the coffee bean like that's what their coffee is okay no <laughs> no i haven't what <laughs> uh, so, okay so so they don't they don't like collect the beans and like roast them and then grind them they well they might but like a, to a cat. an animal well and a wild animal eats them and they find the droppings i think that's how it works okay i'm like that's an interesting that's one <laughs> I don't way know to why do it I, I pulled that out of the old memory Some bank exotic delicacy of a cat coffee 
Yeah, apparently it's good. Uh, apparently, or the, maybe, people are going out. They're they're sifting through poo. Yeah, to do. Yeah, that mean that must mean it's really good because like I wouldn't do that otherwise. <laughs> that could be your town's trade. <clears throat> it could be. Don't yeah, forget it. Could, it. And that's the you, thing. It you could, heard it here. <laughs> this uh, this ties into the terrain and the environment and yeah. the people. Like it could be something exotic or it could be something mundane. Like, um, you know, as long as it makes sense. You know, and this could be a defining factor of the town, or it could just be something background. Right. You know, like I don't really, you guys don't really know this in character, but Hearth and almost all of the heartlands where you live is mostly um, um, like the breadbasket of the world. This is where all the food is usually being exported out of. Oh, yeah. crap. You so- guys don't know that because you guys have never asked really. But like it's there. It's it's something I've considered and, it, and, it, and it's there. Yeah, I don't see... And the only def- person I could see asking anything like that is Thanic. Exactly. The rest of you guys don't ask fucking anything. <laughs> I don't give a yeah, shit. I want to kill some stuff. Path. Yeah. <laughs> fucking murder hobos over here. Anyways. Um, yeah. And like, I I, again, game. you probably haven't noticed, but it really defines the kind of people that live in the heartlands. Uh, they're very, uh, they're very shirey. They're very uh, home, like farmery. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Uh, another thing you got to consider is uh, not only how is this town like sustaining itself, economically speaking, um, all towns need two things or three things really, but the main two, a water source. You've yes, got to have very one. important. It, it, water doesn't have to run through the town, but it needs to be nearby either a river where these people are drawing water from a lake. Maybe there's, who knows, like it could be some arcane source or maybe there's just wells, like yeah. a, a plethora of wells. Maybe but, it rains a lot and they're, they're well, that, real good at collecting the rain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so they need a water source and they need a food source. Like mm-hmm. this is where it starts to kind of differ from, Cities, because cities, you don't really have to explain a food source because if it's a major metropolitan area, trade's coming into the yeah, city. Yeah, people are but, getting their food. But with towns, you got to explain it because there's no way there's enough trade coming in to feed everybody. And I guess it kind people of depends. Like th- your food base is based off of like the science and technology your town has available to them. Like, True. are they baking bread? Are they yeah. like going out and gathering like wild? stuff i don't oh, know yeah, well that's the thing like how real, far along is your world realistically your world that speaking way? you can't sustain a town off of uh hunter gathering it just it's unsustainable you will that's why all the hunter gatherers in history were nomads yeah they had to keep yeah, on moving exactly so uh they're gonna have to farm yeah. to stay alive or at least be near a different farming community at the very least and then of course like what's being farmed is going to depend on your general terrain you know whether right. it's weed or barley or or whatever other grains are out there that i don't know about because i don't really know about that stuff if they said weed or barley and i was like i don't don't think you eat that you know (laughs) (laughs) you said wheat yeah wheat 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 as in will wheaton will wheaton Uh. shout out to will wheaton (laughs) um and then uh the third most important thing when it comes to like uh uh, material sources is a building materials. Yeah, um, important. Where yeah. are they getting the supplies where, to build their homes and exactly. stuff? Exactly. And what are they? Use, what is available? Like depending yeah. on where they are, it, it might be wood. It might be right. You cutting down trees? Are they are they near a stone quarry? Are they right? You mining that stone? stone? Yeah. I mean, you got people to move that stone. Is it a, is it a nasty little town with mud huts? Like you know. <laughs> you know? Welcome to my nasty little town adventures. <laughs> Everything yes. is made of poop. <laughs> oh god, that's gross. <laughs> the tables so, um, of poop. So yeah, I like. And the thing is, like, these things, like, they seem like basically like, like, of course you're going to think about these things, but these things are important because they make a difference in the feel and atmosphere and quality of your town. So all these things will change it depending on the answer. Yeah. After that, this is a good place to start. It really uh, puts you on the right direction to ask yourself these questions like, yeah. what is here? Yeah, like, what is here? Uh, and for me, the number one 
thing you got to start with is the general terrain environment because that's going to define the kind of people. It's going to define uh, what kind of trade is going to exist there, like what's yeah. available to the people. Uh, the water sources and the food sources and the building material, all that kind of gets uh, limited and decided by the general terrain and environment. Yeah, you got to decide, is this, is this town even available to have trade come through it, depending on where it is? Exactly. Are you in some deep mountain place? And in that like, case, why is it even here? Right. Like, yeah, so you got to figure that out. All things, all things to think about. The next thing... Blame I, it on the magic. There we go. Always. <laughs> it's such an easy scapegoat in this game. It's, ah, magic. Um, the type of government. Now, here's where things start getting a little more interesting for me, at least. I like... Having all kinds of different like government styles throughout yeah, my world, different like, structures. Of what kind? Is it a democracy? Mm-hmm. Is it like a do? Is it like an elder council where like the old oldest people kind of run everything? I like those. Yeah, uh, yeah, those are cool. Those are cool. It, you know, is very communal. Um, is it part of like a greater kingdom where the the um, governor of this town is actually appointed by a king who lives somewhere far off? Right, and like it's under like a, a feudal hierarchy. Is it more? Um, I don't want to say primitive, but is it definitely more like rugged where it's like a critocracy where it's like the strong rule, like the strongest warrior is in charge of everything. That sounds like a Goliath town. Yeah, could be. Could be definitely. Uh, um, for me, uh, when I think critocracies, I always think of minotaurs, Ooh. which I know is weird because in most iterations of D&D, minotaurs are just monsters, and most of the time they're really dumb. But my experience with minotaurs growing up as a kid was I read Dragonlance, and the minotaurs were highly intelligent, and uh, they are really like honor-bound and strong warriors. And Yeah, kick, I always – the war, great warrior race. Yeah, yeah sailors. And the great sailors, and their entire government was run off – Critocracy, where like the strongest always ruled and stuff like that. So, critocracy is one way to do it. Is it aristocracy? Or is it the the bourgeoisie that are running everything? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Is it uh, you know like it can be any number of things? Uh, is it a majocracy where it's like oh, those hey. with magic rule? Yeah. Like, um, again, like something like majocracy, that's probably going to be more like a city. But yeah. there's a there are a lot of factors going into into yeah. this. Like yeah. as far as uh, your campaign goes, like. What is what is magic like in not even in just your campaign, but in this part of the world? How do people treat magic? Because yeah, yeah, you have a lot of options. Yeah, Uh, and that's another thing. Is it a uh, what's what's the word uh, when when it's the religion that runs? Oh, I know there's a word for that. I there's can't... probably a word for I don't know. It. Yeah, there is. It's a theocracy. Like, is a it theocracy a theocracy where the like the running. temple rules and yeah. like, the church rules and all that? Like, do not. Be lazy if you don't need to be. Like, be creative. Like, I mean, hell, that's why we're playing this game. But, like, every town doesn't need to be average Joe town with, like, a mayor and an innkeeper. I mean, it can be. Sometimes that's nice and charming, and there's a reason that's a cliche and a staple. But, like, like... I'd get bored, honestly. If I was running into, like, if you're in a campaign where you're going into town after town, and, like, that's where the main events are going on... Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're just on your way to some the, the main event or something. I don't know. And you're just going off town to town, and it's the same, pretty much the same place every time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I agree. I it's mean, not, every once really... in a while is nice, but like, yeah, spice it up. Um, and like in any any of these categories that I'm listing off right here, um, can be the thing that spices up and makes this town different. It could be some random. Like, like the building material, I know that doesn't seem too interesting, but this could place could be like near like a marble quarry, 
with a really rare like marble stone and right. so all the architecture is made out of this dope ass marble that like anywhere else in the world that shit costs a fortune but because it's here and here's the source this whole town's like beautiful it's in supply it's you, in can, supply. you can exactly. get it they're exactly. building everything exactly so yeah types of government there's all kinds you can look them up with wikipedia that shit you know there's a whole list yeah do what you gotta um, do yeah absolutely um the next thing to consider is what is the um the place of this settlement like where does this settlement fall within its region ah, i see it like, where is it ranking yeah like, where's it ranking is it like a major hub where people like in the do people of talk about your town like, outside of it yeah well yeah but also like is it is it beholden to any other bigger regions is it, or is it more city state like or is it like one major hub in a greater kingdom you know so that's see, something yeah. to consider too um and then of course last but not least you are going to have to have a good uh finger on the pulse of what is going on in this town current events yeah like, who lives there and like what's going on what are the current events going on like, in, in your leadership like you should probably know their names and like that's yeah. something most of the town is going to yeah, know yeah you're going to want key npcs to be pre-made and we'll talk a little bit about that but just a general like what's going on in the region like are, what yeah. are, are earthquakes going on recently? Has crime gone up or gone down? Is it the has rainy it been, season? Is it the rainy season? Has it been a relative time of peace? Are the goblins starting to stir a little bit in the forest nearby? Like just a general finger on the pulse of the current events. And honestly, yeah, that's good to know. You're you're pretty much good to go when it comes to your town. Uh, if you're if you're hitting all these points, like you you got something. Obviously, now this is when a town's more thought out. Sometimes you got to be a little bit more on the fly. We'll talk a little bit about that. Too. Yeah, I would say if you if you plan on your party spending a lot of time here, the more you know about it, the better. Because oh, yeah, if definitely. you're letting them free roam it, um, there you don't you got to be ready. You do, you do definitely. Before we get into any of these other subjects that I'm talking about, uh, I want to talk a little bit about you because you have just recently built very extensively your own first town i believe right i guess it's a city now that we're talking it, about yeah, it yeah it's it's right on the border there yeah, it seems it, like it's somewhere between town and city it's, it's like pretty, a very big town yeah if it's a town it's huge because yeah. it, it's got a lot going on and a lot yeah. of like it is a it is a central hub uh, or was and that's part of like the um the theme that i have going on for um the first campaign that we played um but yeah, it's a, it's a port town. Um, it sits it sits on a in a good spot for trade uh, as far as like um, being on the coast and like trade routes running up and down the coast. Um, it's uh, basically like just right up against the the water and the earth. Like the mm -hmm. the mountains rise up out of the land there, yeah. and they're in just like this little nice pocket that kind of like yeah. they're surrounded by it. They've got a lot of different places to go. And it's a pretty steep place. Like it, um, there's a bunch of different tiers that you can walk it's up. It's very San Francisco esque. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it downs. is. Yeah, you you kind of you kind of walk yeah. uh, a ways, and then you have to go up a tier. Yeah, and yeah. you walk some some more, and you got to go up another tier, and then it flattens out for a bigger section, and then you got to gotcha. go up some more, and then you got the path that goes out of town that <laughs> goes almost, up uh, over a hill. It's almost know? like uh, uh, the city of Gondor. Where it's huh, like yeah. seven le levels to the city. Yeah, a little bit like yeah. that. Um, I actually um, got some inspiration from Pirates of the Caribbean. I really like the town of Port Royal, which is the first city oh, that yeah. they're they're yeah. in, yeah. pretty much. Um, and uh, less... a real place too, I believe. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I believe it's in Jamaica. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah. could be wrong. So but um, I think I'm right. Sorry, Jamaica. I borrowed I borrowed a place <laughs> of yours. You know, the fictional mythical place of Jamaica. Yeah. Well, here's where. <laughs> 
this is how I like to build things as a DM. I take something from the real world that I like a mm, lot. Definitely. And then I just kind of strip away a lot of the stuff that I don't care for or not that I don't care for it, but that I want to. your world, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to replace it with, uh, mm-hmm. I want to make it mine. So I'm going to I'm gonna strip it down to the skeleton yeah. and then add stuff from there. Like, I was like, okay, this town's going to have a big, like, merchant's area. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. There's a lot of trade coming in, a lot of product coming in and out, or at least there was. Mm-hmm. And um, the, there's going to be a lot of places to shop and a lot of different things to see. So right. there's some there's some diversity just in like this area that I have to be ready for. And then there's um, what does Port Drum have to offer as far as materials and mm-hmm. and um, you know they're into like textiles and stuff like that. So um, there's a there's an area in the town for that. It's kind of industrial in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Right. Um, right. Then there's like a there's a place for like the there's a place for everything in this mm-hmm. town. It's all sectioned off. It's not really like mashed together. It was like like a the people who planned this area like thought it out like where things are going to be. Like I have a, a council, mm-hmm. like a high like a like a tiered council based off of like an like your your age, like an elder. Okay. There's a town elder and he's the highest ranking member. Yeah. He's yeah, so, you were like he's just so fucking so old. damn old. So goddamn. Oh old. my god. Oh my <laughs> don't talk to me about him. He's so fucking old. Yeah, that was that shit was hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so there's there's like a lot of that going on. Um there's a place for all those people to live that's like tucked away. There's like mm-hmm. Um, there is a water source in town, uh, coming from outside of town, obviously. This is like a place where water would flow out into the ocean. Makes sense. But they've stopped that from happening, and they, they just, like... They pull. siphoned off their bit of water yeah, that they, they need. Yeah, okay. and they've, they've, um, they've like, dug trenches and, and basically, like, irrigated the water to their town, and, and it's made for, like, a lush environment in some nice. areas of the town. Nice. Um, yeah, there's um, a couple of a little satellite towns that... I don't even know if you guys will see them, but, um, you know, I've plotted out also who else is around and like, it's kind of a symbiotic relationship that they all have. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun putting it together. I got to, um, I got a lot of food shops that oh, I got I to think about, um, <laughs> entertain, I had to think about entertainment. I had to think about, um, like the logistics of, um, like this town has a main road right? and it makes it, it makes everything in the town pretty accessible. Um, I mean, if you're going, if you want to go deep into it, like there's obviously an area where the commoners and, and townsfolk live. Yeah. Um, the so there's a section area. for that. And it's deeper yeah. in off the main road because you want right. your main road to be, well, I would think in a town that's set up the way this one is, you want your main road to like help with your commerce and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. It makes so, total yeah. sense. You guys found an inn off the main road. I we was did. like, that kind of makes sense. And it was, um, it was in like pretty much in a central area in yeah, town. Yeah, felt like it. Yeah. It definitely felt like it. Ended up being there. And that was something I had to uh, build off the quick because yeah. um, I wasn't as prepared as I wanted to be for that session. But I think it worked out okay. Yeah, no, it worked out great. I, it was seamless to me. It seemed pretty seamless. Should so. we talk about building stuff on the quick if you're not ready? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to sometimes, and this doesn't happen as often as other things where you have to Kids, sometimes it. when you play Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> some fucked up shit's going to happen and you're not going to be ready for it. You're just, you're not. You better and, be ready, and though. Sometimes that you fucked have up to be shit, ready. And sometimes that fucked up shit is just as simple as your players take a serious left turn in the in the beginning of your session and end up in a region you never planned. And all of a sudden you have to have some sort of settlement ready. Yeah. And maybe you had a name or like just the concept that there's a settlement here, but you have no... Anything else. You have nothing else to go with this down. Um, uh, I would say you need to come up with a few things really quickly. Mm -hmm. And if you come up with these things, it's going to help you 
it's going to help your players feel like it was already fleshed out before they got here. I would say the number one thing is uh, think up three personality traits, almost like as you would for a person, except for you're going to apply these personality traits to a town. So like quiet, um, humble, and and uh, raucous, uh, loud. Or or that yeah I was I was just kind of trying to come up with three to attach to a town real fast oh so just like, any okay, so like yeah. quiet humble and cozy yeah. okay cool this is a, a, this town is quiet it's humble it's oh cozy. I see where we're going with this uh, yeah then think about three um like actual physical traits real quick like maybe like with mostly brick homes and known for farming and uh it's beautiful people like. Damn, yeah, we you got go. some. You got some pretty ones. Walking yeah, you around. guys just just gorgeous people for for whatever reason. So all of a sudden, like <laughs> all of a sudden, we have this painted image. You know, it's yeah. this cozy, quiet town. Has some flavor. Town. Yeah, it's got some flavor to it with these brick houses and beautiful people and mm-hmm. they're farmers. Yeah, and uh, and then the the next thing that I would uh, have you come up with off the top of your head is just come up with three major NPCs, like probably whoever's in charge, yeah. probably. The, the most big, prominent innkeeper, or whatever the big innkeeper. farmer, yeah, the big or the big farmer, yeah, just three prominent NPCs that you know are likely to be uh, come up with, and just just real simple. They don't have to be super fleshed out. Just like the 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 mayor, the lead farmer, the blacksmith, bam, yeah, you're done, yeah. Or like maybe there's a, a doctor in town, yeah. you know, and, and he's healing your polio. Yeah, there we go. And and you can come up with that in like under thirty seconds. Yeah. And after that, it's all about like throwing that track down in front of them as they keep going because you know you're going to be ad libbing this whole thing. But just by having that, you're going to have a feel for the town. It's going to make it easier for you to make up things on the fly. And then they leave town, and at the end, of, at the edge of town, they find a shack, and there's a mystical old wizard who lives there. there he's, he's less cozy than the rest of the <laughs> yeah, place. There you go. Absolutely. People don't like him. Just throw in whatever, <laughs> throw in whatever yeah. to make it interesting. Yeah. After that point, you know you're on your own. Make it up as you go. He gives you a bag of magic. Um, beans you yeah. throw them at the bottom of his house his house collapses you all die yeah there you go end of campaign <laughs> start over that's how magic beans work right you throw them they blow yeah, up. yeah you throw them apparently you throw them and they blow up but you can also plant them and after a minute yeah i think you water them you plant them you water them 60 seconds elapse and something random fucking happens yeah you, you pick most it from of a the table, things right? are not good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, sometimes uh, they're giant geysers of water of yeah. hot water was it was uh-huh. a hot water that there was that a, got... a random geyser came out of the fucking yeah. ground yeah was, hot water okay. oh yeah and you guys were cold so like he got an hour's worth of like no hot it was water. a minute oh he got a minute's worth of hot water to keep him warm for a little bit like he wasted that bean yeah that was um, a bad bean yeah he should have thrown the beans at okay. like any like we're on a mountain. Yeah. Never mind. We're he, getting he, off track. He hoards his stuff. <laughs> uh, you know what? We're, we're getting off track, and I think that may, might mean that we need to take a short rest. Yeah. Do you think get, so? Yeah, maybe we should find our way. Let's, yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Selling a little. Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody out there, want to thank you again for listening and watching, always appreciate that support. Um, been getting a lot more lately and uh, it's exciting. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, just really, really grateful. Um, yeah, thank you, everyone. It, it means so much. We can't can't tell you enough. Yeah. Um, we, we love doing this, and like nothing makes me personally feel better than when uh, I'm getting uh, tweets and messages and comments from people saying how helpful the show is and how much they enjoy it, and how much it helps them and influence or not influence, but inspires them. And they're DMing. It just man, that feels awesome. And, yeah, it's pretty heck, cool. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, and we're we're really just talking about stuff that like our experience, you know, like yeah. the, it's yeah. uh, it's good to uh, to get response like that from everybody. And thanks to everyone who has been going out and uh leaving us itunes reviews and leaving us uh really sweet messages on youtube um that that feels great to see those too we appreciate you guys getting us some traction out there uh, every subscribe and like helps um, yeah, absolutely the most important thing you can do though for us is uh just share the show like tell your friends about it uh you know, comment, comment about it. Maybe point people in our direction, our YouTube channel, or our SoundCloud channel. Yeah. Um, and we got an ongoing contest actually to help promote the whole word of mouth thing. Um, I announced this at the beginning of the show, but um, we are giving out two copies of Tales from the Yawning Portal. This is going to be the newest uh, adventure uh, produced by uh, Wizards of the Coast for Dungeons and Dragons. It is supposed to be a book full of expansive and detailed dungeons from classical uh, D&D adventures from, from previous editions. Uh, the, one I'm most like exci- the one I'm most excited to see is the Tomb of Horrors, which is a legendary dungeon that will fucking kill all your players. Oh. It's just known for that. Fun. It is vicious, <laughs> and that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, we're giving away two copies, and all you, ha- you only got to do one thing to enter. You just tweet a link to our show to your followers with the hashtag DungeonCast. I will catch it. I will add you to the list. You will not only get a shout-out here on the show, but you will be entered to win one of these two books that we are giving out. Uh, this contest is running till March 30th, so you got plenty of time, but uh, don't waste any time. Uh, yeah, get, yeah, on get in on it. I mean, and, uh, Yeah, it helps us because you're spreading word about the show, and it, it's an exciting uh, contest that you can be part of. And we get to give stuff away, and giving is, giving is good. Woo! 
Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, if you know somebody that um, is into D and D, you think they might like the show, tell them about it. Um, you know, we're pretty easy to find. We're on SoundCloud.com slash the Dungeon Cast. You can search for us on YouTube. You can tweet at us at the Dungeon Cast, or you can email us at gmail.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's the Dungeon Cast at gmail.com. You know, um, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks again. Let's get back to the show. Let's get back to this show. All right. Hey everybody, my name is Adam and I host the D&D 5th edition podcast called The Stubborn Heroes. Here's a sample of the show. I'm afraid an 11 persuasion is not going to persuade me. And it just sounds crazy to you. What are you talking about again? Oh, just forget about it. You would never understand. You won't give me the glowing orb thing to play with. I can't play with any swords on the wall. This is no fun. I will talk to a bird. Hi. How are you? Hi. Hello there, buddy. Hi there! <laughs> I am done with the game. <laughs> I am the being of a thousand faces. Well, that's a little bit creepy. Um, then I'm just gonna pull out my bow and shoot an arrow right into his head. Okay, what's Whoa! more? No, no, what's more effective? I'm gonna. I have a great sword. I'm gonna cut him right in half. <laughs> you can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Twitter, or any of your favorite podcasting apps. All at Stubborn Heroes. Thanks for listening. back to town and i think this is a good point to, or part to talk about maps you had a map making i had, had a map, map all the time the I had whole the time map the whole time i was just being lazy and decided to sit down all right all right but i'm glad we're back we're on back <laughs> and let's talk about maps all right when you're when you're building a town um are you gonna draw a map probably i mean it's easier to keep everything organized and to have a real good understanding of the layout now i don't draw a map every time I don't even draw a map most of the time. I think I just draw maps for like some of the more important locations. But I highly encourage drawing a map because it's going to really, really help with your making this place feel real. And it's also a nice thing to have out on display when your players are going around town because it makes sense that the players might be able to acquire a map pretty easily of the town. So laying it out there isn't really breaking character too often if they've done that. Yeah, um, I highly recommend you make a map if you're going to have a place in your town or any area where you're going to have players returning to. Yeah. That way you don't forget like what the layout is of like actually going there. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. is there a certain road they have to take? Right. Did you explain that and then like explain something different the next time they went there? That's yeah. kind of you're breaking or... Yeah, so it, um <laughs> yeah. You know, just to help, like I'm sure there's people with brains out there that are that are much better than mine that can handle that kind of um, yeah. that kind of computing, but not I. Yeah. I my memory is I not, not what one. it should be, so yeah, I will. There. Yeah, I will write. I will write this stuff down, and if I have a that you know, especially for this place I I was talking about earlier that I built, it's called Port Drum, and like there are lots of places that you guys are going to be bouncing around. Yeah, and it also makes sense to have a map, and you know, obviously I don't know where this campaign's going, but it's quite likely that we'll be here in this town maybe for a while. Yeah, and if we are here, or at least in the region for a while, having the map. Is going to come in way handy. Yeah. Um, now, if you are incapable of drawing maps because your handwriting is uh, subpar, uh, welcome to the club. I'm right there with you. I draw really crappy maps. That's why I don't usually draw my maps. I usually go the lazy route, and I will Google image search uh, fantasy city or fantasy town maps that are unlabeled, or maybe they'll be labeled, and I'll just scratch some of that shit out. <laughs> and uh, I will make – if I will find something that is in 
line with what I am looking for. Um, I usually I agonize over it, like because like obviously it's going to be really hard to find the exact thing I want, not yeah. impossible. So I will literally spend way too much time looking through maps to find the closest possible thing. Um, I don't recommend doing that unless you're like me and you need to. But um, it is pretty rewarding when you get that map finally because it looks really nice. And honestly, it can kind of give you ideas that you may not have had before with these unlabeled maps. It's like, oh, well, this, I didn't even think about the town having like a region that looked like this. Like, how do I explain why this is here? And like, yeah. it kind of gives your town more flavor. Um, if, again, though, if you're capable of drawing your map like head to toe and you got all the ideas, like, hell, do that. But uh, for those with less time, maybe, yeah, I would definitely do the Google image search because uh, I've used it countless times and it, it comes in so handy. And a crude map is still a map. I True. mean, exactly. Like, if you're drawing like little boxes with uh, with a triangle on top for the for and that's a house, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I know I know exactly what that is when I look at it. Yeah, it serves its purpose. You know, it doesn't have to be a work of art. Also, there are uh, there's really cool map making software out there. Most of it you have to buy, but you can. Uh, I've seen on Incarnate people have gone from making like regional and country maps uh-huh. to straight up city maps, and it looks Ooh. really good. And it's totally free. You can go sign up. Um, yeah, I gotta go try it out. And yeah. you have a lot of freedom with that, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. get to pretty much apply what you need. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. a really cool Real software, cool. Um, and I've used it, and I highly recommend it. So. Yeah, check it out. I'm going to have to jump on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hand-drew my map on... Um, I had some Expo markers, some dry erase markers, and I had like a laminate sheet. It was like an 8.5 by 11 sheet, and I put it over some grid paper, and I just drew like the quadrants of my town and kind of what is there. I didn't get into super detail. Like I just basically drew like a border around like this is an area where mostly this goes on, and like this is an area where mostly this goes on, and I've had to remember... Uh, the place, the places you guys went in the town and how to get there logistically. Right. And I had to like log it away and take notes as we yeah. went on. Like, okay, they went up this way. And I think that sounds really cool. And I kind of, um, I had my town's layout ready, but the specifics of like, you walked up like a flight of stairs or a ramp and you went off to the right, mm-hmm. that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like where the tiers were in it the town. It can be hard to keep track of it all, you know? Yeah. Like, you like, do what you can. Yeah. And, and, and you, you did a great job. Uh, we thanks. really enjoyed it. It was really fun exploring that town. Um, you got a lot more of that coming up. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for it. Yeah. I can't wait for it. Uh, it's going to be fun. Now, we talked a bit about um, coming up with the town off the top of your head. And right, coming up with right. NPCs off the top of your head. Right. Which can be daunting, and we'll probably have a NPC episode, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. But um, I think when, uh, when you're planning your town out way ahead of time and you're really trying to flesh this out, NPCs are super important and there are certain key npcs that you just have to have ready just in case Mm -hmm. because it makes sense and um especially for plot points if like that's yeah if that's the kind of campaign you're running exactly for plot points um and then also you gotta maybe keep under consideration the kind of players you have at your table yeah characters maybe they want to take over the fucking town well yeah that's that's, (laughs) yeah that's true but i mean who's the mayor in this place because i'm gonna kill him (laughs) and now i run this place (laughs) with an iron fist (laughs) Like, Jesus, who are you? Fuck. I'm about to iron fist this town. I hope um, you're ready. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, for for example, your fighter, Rohan, he's super into blacksmithing. So, almost 
every time he's in a new place, he will locate the blacksmith at the nearest appropriate time <laughs> and pick his brain and just get all up in his business. Yep. And uh, and that's cool. That's totally awesome. So for every town that I make for the rest of this campaign, if there's a blacksmith, you bet your ass I'm going to have the NPC ready <laughs> because I know I know your character. I know that it's yeah. going to be he's going to go looking. Yeah, it might not be a plot if point, but there's yeah. going to be a conversation. Um. And uh, we've had we've had some interesting times with some blacksmiths in this some game. Some cool uh, NPC to character interactions going on yeah. that um, I won't forget anytime soon. Some fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But outside of that, there are going to be like some um, NPCs that are going to be staples of almost any town that you build. Um, I think you should have at least one shopkeeper of any kind. It doesn't really matter because you can like change whatever he's going to be when they get there. Somebody's um, probably got goods for sale. Exactly. You want one shopkeeper ready to go. Um, and Whether it's just out. a dude in like on the road on the main road in town with a blanket out with all this crap, yeah, it like, could be it could be anything. But like your players are bound to go shopping fairly regularly when they're in town, so have at least one of those ready. Yeah, do you go into dungeons? Do you yeah. get loot? They want to spend this money. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, this money doesn't mean anything. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, it's pointless. They're rich for no reason, right? Um, <laughs> another thing is innkeeper slash barkeeper, like. Uh, your your players are going to need place to sleep. They're going to go looking for an inn, so have at least one innkeeper ready to go, Pre- preferably more than one, depending on the town. But uh, have a shopkeeper, have an innkeeper ready to go, have a general idea of what this town's like uh, guard system is. Maybe they have a militia, maybe they have like specified guards. Mm-hmm. Um, how that works, and have at least one or two guard NPCs. It could be real basic. It could be Bruce and Jim. And yep. the real normal type <laughs> dudes. One's a gambler, and one is like, uh, like super straight and narrow kind of guy. Yeah, he's a real stickler for the rules. Exactly, and like, because like, chances are guards are going to get involved, not necessarily in a bad way with your players. Your players looking to ask for directions might be more inclined to ask a guard than like a random farmer walking around. It just I've noticed that in my players, they'll talk to guards first. Yeah, because um, um, there are people in official standing, maybe. And they're usually at like the town's gateways. And yeah, stuff they're like at that. the gateways or like at like city squares and whatnot. They're mm-hmm. at all the important locations where players are going. And it, I, so, I would think it would be in a in a decent town with a structure with that has like a militia basically with guards walking around. That these guards are going to have the knowledge of of this place. They probably live here. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine guards commuting. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. For why? Why would uh, why would they not yeah. in this fantasy world? Yeah, probably not. I mean, I guess you could. I don't know. You Who am I to judge? But that like, might be an interesting character quirk. He this guy actually lives a city over a hundred <laughs> miles away, and he sends money home to his family. Ah, huh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, but so have a couple like uh, mundane like regular old guards, and then you might want to have like um, a captain or like the leader of the guards fleshed out because if things hit the fan in your town, like well, that dude's going or lady is going to be on the scene. Yeah, they're going to show up most <laughs> yeah, likely. Absolutely. Uh, you're going to definitely want, like, whoever is in charge of the town, have that NPC uh, fleshed out. Your players might never, ever, ever come in contact with them, depending on the game you're playing. But Yeah. Like, kind of should know, like, you, where do they live? Yeah, where you, where do they go to do their townly business? Everything that the ruler does is going to affect the entire populace. So, like, they, you should have that NPC fleshed yeah, out. They're running the joint. And then, of course, after that, like, any major locations, like, if there's, like, a very a prominent temple, or like a prominent uh, industry in general, like uh, maybe this town's known for it, like yours, textiles. You're probably gonna want the like the biggest, baddest person in that industry fleshed out. Yeah. Or um, the big like, farmer. The big farmer. Yeah. Again. Or the big priest. There's usually somebody at the top. Not always, but like a lot of times there is a, yeah. a more prominent member of society, and they um, they kind of 
not rule the area. Like you're gonna have a mayor, but if you got a if you got like in the textile People area, of influence. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna be very influential, and that's a good one. Exactly. For um, and then back to what I was saying. More Rohan likes to go to Blacksmith. Know your players. Any NPC that you know that they're gonna be looking for, have that guy or girl ready to go. Yeah. Um, do you have any other questions or anything when it comes to or comments? Like you just built a town. Anything that you want to speak on when it comes to town building? I think um, actually going through, um, like I just I live in the real world with ta- with towns. I play video <laughs> games that have towns. Yeah. I like have seen a lot of town building go on. You know, like in I've played D anD D before. I know what to expect. Like what kinds of like varying ranges of of like economics and towns that you can have like is this a rich town is this a poor town is this a town by the river with just some shacks and these people have just kind of pulled up and they're they're struggling to survive together or like is this a city or like a very large town with like commerce and trade and and people that travel and come in and out of town you know it's not just the same 70 to 200 people that like all just know each other and and hang out you know they all know each other's names or whatever i don't know there's there's so much to pull from you know absolutely just pick just pick stuff that's all i did i i didn't reference i should have i should have referenced anything in my books about how to build a town but i was just like fuck <laughs> this i know how to build a town i got it and i just went for it yeah. but definitely i've got some time before our next campaign so i'm definitely going to flesh it out a little more because right. i have i have the luxury of the time to do that yeah um yeah come I, one of my hardest things was like coming up with like so i have resources like water coming into the town mm-hmm. where does that lead like if you guys go to follow it, that's yeah. what I really need to know. Yeah, and then you got you kind of kind of decide like how far are you gonna flesh it out? Like at what point do you just say ah? If they go that way, I'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is it worth drawing maps? Like how for how far do I draw a map for? Yeah. Um, it's up to you. Your you players know? can go north or south. You know, like if you wanna, I would plot like the entryways to the town and like have a general idea. Like this one goes in a direction where like these types of things happen. And uh, this other direction goes in a in a way that's like wilderness or mm-hmm. whatever. No, not really towns. Like, but eventually you will get to something cool. I don't know. Just like, yeah, it's it's hard to say. You right, know? right. Um, one last thing I want to speak on before we end the episode is uh, one cool source of inspiration for your towns is actually the Dungeon Master's Guide itself. If you have it, there is this cool page where there are some random tables. Uh, for town building and they're really kind of weird and interesting things that i don't usually put too much thought in when building a town but they definitely would spice it up like they have an entire table on race relations within the town interesting like, like you just roll a d20 and whatever it lands on like that that's the current <laughs> situation between between the species in the town dungeons they, and dragons mechanics fate has decided what this town they, is now yeah, going to be exactly there's a table on the ruler status with its people like is this ruler in good standing is this ruler in bad standing why but right just roll of the dice uh notable traits of the town like uh is there like a military barracks on is this the site of a bunch of battles like there's uh, a calamities table where it's like, what is the current problem? Whether it's anything from like major like weather issues to like goblins or crime has been on the rise. Right. Uh, okay. It's just all these different tables. And it's just like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to kind of go in here and just roll, 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 roll. And like, bam, there's your town. And it could be something crazy or something yeah. cool. And all of a sudden you're like, know. holy shit, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Or that. Yeah. But you, you, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. 
I, that's all I got, man. I don't yeah, have anything too. else. It's, me too. It was a, I will say this. It was a ton of fun building a, a brand new original place. Not that I, I told you guys, I, I took something from the real world and right. like imposed my ideas over, over it and like created a version of what it could be later, I guess. Like, right. Absolutely. Or in a different, yeah, a different, normal. in a different world. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, absolutely. but I had a blast fleshing it out. It was, yeah. it was really cool. And to see you guys interacting with these people that I had been thinking about for <laughs> right. so long and you know, yeah. it was very rewarding rewarding creatively Man, so that awesome. was that was a lot of fun yeah i agree it, it is a lot of fun um and yeah that's pretty much all i have too so uh go forth dms build build yon towns yeah if you um, with you. if you know some cool places for maps or or like good examples for towns for starter dms uh tweet at us and let us know like drop us a link or something like that we would love to see what you guys uh pull for resources out there oh yeah um yeah, yeah i know you have I'm any very cool interested. stories about towns that you came up with Tell us about it. I want to hear about it because that sounds cool to me. Yeah, and if you um, if you have questions for us um, in future episodes, hit us up, and uh, maybe we'll answer them on the show. That's something I think we've been talking about doing. Yeah, I'm so down to answer any questions you guys got for me, so by all means, ask away. All right. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to call it a game. All right, calling it a game. Calling it a game. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching and listening. See you yeah. later. Thank you again. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.